Secret cows tonight. You see, Mike and Pete are podcasting under the sacred cow's name that I own. Uh, Well, actually, George, if I'm hearing this correctly, the name of their new podcast is Sacred Cows Tonight. That's close enough, right? I mean, under the law? Under the law? Uh, Maybe, but maybe not. The law is kind of funny. The law is kind of funny. Is that your professional take on the situation? Some lawyer you are. Well, I'm sorry, sir, but I'm the only lawyer you can afford after you paid dearly to sweep that second Disney white slavers comment under the rug. I couldn't help it. That Cars 3 movie is a crime against human decency. Well, I'd love to sit here and listen to your bizarre rantings, but half an hour that you have me on retainer every day is up. Goodbye. Well, I can still take action against Mike and Pete even without legal representation. Hello? Oh, hi, disembodied voice guy. Are Mike and Pete... Just kidding. This is a recording. My therapist said I should try to develop my sense of humor (laughs) right before I killed him. Anyway, please leave a message at the Wilhelm scream. God damn it. Hi, Mike and Pete, it's George. Just wanted to talk to you. Hey, George. Oh, you're there. Hi, Pete. Uh, where's Mike? Uh, he's just resting his voice. Anyway, what's new? Well, I just happened to come across Sacred Cows tonight. Oh, yeah? Did you like it? I didn't. It kind of seems like you just barely tweaked the Sacred Cows title that you no longer have the rights to. No, no, no. That's not true at all. It's totally different. And how's that? We're not just reviewing movies that are ten years old or better anymore for nostalgia. We're talking about all sorts of pop culture references, uh, significance, uh, phenomena, old and new. And also we're bringing joy into the lives of others. Yeah, but it's called Sacred Cows. Tonight. It's basically still called the same thing, Sacred Cows. Tonight. Sacred Cows. Tonight. Okay, you asked for it. Say that all you want. We'll see what the law has to say about it. (laughs) Good luck. You know, the law's kind of funny about that sort of thing. The law's kind of funny. Gee, do you have a law degree? You sound like my lawyer. Hey, you still got one of those? Between 5.15 and 5.45 every day. So watch out. Oh, well, I'm usually in traffic around then, so good luck having him serve me with anything. Anyway, Mike's ready, so we're going to go record. No recording sacred cows. I mean it. No recording Sacred Cows. Don't worry, we won't, I promise. Because, you see, the show is called Sacred Cows Tonight. There it is. You guys are going to be sorry. We'll see. Thanks for listening to the show, George. This isn't over, Mike and Pete! Why does the mouse droid always have to hang out at the top of the stairs? It's Sacred Cows Tonight! With your hosts... Mike Urban, Pete, featuring disembodied voice guy, and guests. Wait, I guess there are no guests tonight. Featuring the Sacred Cows Tonight band. And now welcome your hosts, Mike and Pete. Thanks, Thanks, disembodied disembodied voice guy. Say, disembodied voice guy. Why are you talking to me? Well, why wouldn't we talk to you? I thought I was just the announcer now. 
you'll never be just the announcer to us, disembodied voice guy. Well, I think of you guys as just meatbags I work with, but your sentiment is heartwarming, I suppose. Aw, I didn't know you had a heart to warm. Welcome to Sacred Cows tonight. I'm Mike. And I'm Pete. And we're here to talk to you about movies and TV shows and all sorts of things that are coming out in 2017 today. That's right. We're going to do 2017, the year in review in advance. And uh, Mike, you mentioned that we're doing, uh, first of all, movies that are not 10 years old. Uh, It sounds like we're messing with our format a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, Well, ever since George bought out our old Sacred Cows uh, format and also the name, uh, we had to change things up when we're doing, you know, Sacred Cows tonight. So uh, we're trying to make it a little more freeform, uh, probably uh, have a little more skits and stuff here, Uh, a little more guests, not this month, but uh, obviously coming soon. Um, Actually, next month we'll have uh, Brad Brockway and Steph Kingston for our March episode, so watch for that. We'll be talking about the Godfather movies. I don't which ones. I'm Ooh. we're still working out on that one, but And we're probably all gonna sleep with the fishes. It's the only Godfather reference I could come up with. This yeah. will be an interesting one coming up because I haven't actually seen it, so it was a cool suggestion. Uh probably wouldn't see it if it weren't for this show, so I'm I'm broadening my horizons with this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh I've actually seen uh two out of the three and I don't know if I want to watch three with all the, the the negative hype surrounding it so uh anyway uh let's talk a little bit about uh 2017 then yeah you know um can't say that what's coming at us in 2017 is wholly unexpected especially on the movie front because uh just my general opinion about movies in the last uh, 10 years it's not uh, obscure opinion is that uh, we're kind of seeing a lot of things that we've seen before. It's always sequels, reboots, uh, just continuations of of things. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, there's uh, the way that movies are are built these days. Um, it's you know, like you've got all these hanging plot threads. You've got, I mean, Star Wars. DC Universe, Marvel Universe, um, shoot, you know, they're bringing aliens back. We've got still more Fast and Furious and, uh, geez, Fifty Shades, Wonk Wonk, and and, and all Mm -hmm. sorts of things like that. So it's, right. It's yeah. well it's like when a movie studio obviously movie studios are interested in making money and once they find an idea that people care about or or once cared about uh they're going to continue along those lines. This is how things like um uh, cinematic universes get formed and that's basically what's coming up in 2017 is continuations of existing properties. Yeah. Um uh Nowhere, nowhere is that more, uh, if if I may, nowhere is that more apparent than with the comic book movies, which um, what, what since uh, twenty ten, uh, or, or or even before, probably the Iron Man movies uh, have really seen a resurgence and uh, have come to be embraced by the mainstream where they once were not. Yeah, I I think. Um we've got the the marvel cinematic universe is obviously the the most successful uh then you've got the fox marvel cinematic universe uh 
um, which is uh, sort of based around the X-Men. And then you've got mm-hmm. the uh, third-tier DC Cinematic Universe. Which... Yeah, you've got the fledgling uh, DC attempt to compete with Marvel. Um, and I hate to say it, but I don't think it's going very well for him, honestly. I, I did not see the latest um, uh, Dawn of Justice, Batman vs. Superman. Uh, but you did, right, Mike? Uh, yeah, I saw Superman and Batman Dawn of Justice. It's uh, It was a, a, a movie that I paid money for to eat popcorn, and I really... I, I wasn't a big fan, and it wasn't that. It wasn't that the actors were at fault necessarily. I just felt that the movie was constructed and plotted in a boring way, and that was kind of the the, the feeling I had about um, the Superman movie, Man of Steel, a few years ago. Yeah, you know, that one, well, first of all, when you described Batman versus Superman to me, you you put it much more succinctly and colorfully, but uh, you didn't like it, to say the least. And uh, Superman, I, I don't know what DC's trying to do, but, you know, it's, it felt a little old-fashioned in that they were trying to capture that gritty, like, kind of, you know, sandstorm type of a film quality. I mean, come on, uh, Superman is a Boy Scout. He is the least gritty of all of the superheroes, and yet they... They tried to turn it into kind of a dark anti-hero type of a tale a little bit, you know, to the extent that you can with Superman. Right. And, and, and um, yeah. Well, I was just going to say we're not treading any any particularly new ground here <laughs> on that. That's true. But but I think um, and that was the standard in movies like this for such a long time. But then Marvel came along and kind of stepped away with that with uh, – you know, they're bright, colorful heroes like, say, Thor, you know, the the, the primary colors, frat boy, decidedly ungritty uh, type of a thing. And uh, Marvel's been kind of going on a playful romp for the last, you know, almost a decade now with their movies. And I think the public's really responding to that. Yes, the, the original Iron Man, which is almost uh, eligible for uh, Sacred Cows, the old format. Um, mm-hmm. Don't uh, tell George. yeah is uh it sort of set up the formula which all things followed and i think it's interesting because um while we've had a, we've had some truly great marvel movies just like an episode of a tv show you've also got some some truly just middling uh movies in the canon and i feel like we're building towards um some better ones People are saying a lot of good things about the new Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 that's coming out. Um, people mm-hmm. are also saying uh, that at least uh, they've the, the seen the script for uh, Avengers Infinity War, which really all of this has been building to, that it's very interesting. But um, if I were to make a prediction, I'm thinking, uh, uh, since we're talking about 2017 specifically, uh that Guardians and Spider-Man probably will both be well-made um, movies that are um, probably sort of self-contained on their own. At least uh, that's kind of what they did with Guardians 1, and I feel like uh, that's the style that James Gunn's going to go for with 2. Sure, sure. And Guardians uh, 1 was certainly a very fun romp. Uh not sure that it was meant to ha- uh, take on kind of the popularity that it received by the public. Uh, uh, so it was, it, like you said, more of a self-contained, one-off, just fun beginning, middle, end type of a story, uh, and a comedy at that. 
Um, I am very interested to see what happens with Spider-Man because this one's a little bit unlike the rest. It's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe instead of the Sony uh, Marvel movies for the first time. And it's the third reboot in what? In 15 years of the series? Yeah, yeah. Essentially? Yeah, you had the the Raimi Spider-Mans, then the um, uh, Amazing Spider-Man... And now you've got Mm -hmm. um, the Marvel Universe Spider-Mans. I wonder with this one, um, at least the direction I'm seeing, I don't think they're going to do too much of an origin story. Um, It looks like it's going to take place maybe before and after the events of uh, Avengers, or sorry, Captain America Civil War. Okay. I mean, they showed... That's interesting. Uh, It's... Sorry. Well, they, they they have an action figure I've seen um, where you can see the early Peter Parker uh, costume he made himself before Tony Stark gave him the new one. Okay. Okay. I unfortunately am a little far behind. I didn't even watch um, It Doesn't Matter Anymore because they're gone. I didn't even watch the uh, Andrew Garfield uh, Spider-Mans, uh, nor have I seen Civil War yet, but I'm excited that he's going to be back with the rest of what we consider the the core Marvel heroes. Um, I just hope that they can correct whatever was uh, whatever was missing or whatever went awry with the first two attempts. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I mean, if we want to go back a little bit here, we can talk about the uh, the the Raimi attempt at least. I think really crashed and burned when uh, with Spider Man three where. Um, Honestly, I felt like they were just trying to tell too much story with one movie. If it had been just uh, too Sandman. Many, too many villains, for sure. Yeah. If it, if it had been just Sandman, which Sandman's story of the stories in the in the movie are pro- is probably the best one, then maybe, you know, it would have been a lot better. You know, Spider-Man versus Sandman, that's it. Right, instead of uh, what, what uh, uh, that 70s show kid uh, popping his head in. Probably yeah, Topher <laughs> a Grace. little too much. Yeah, yeah. Topher Grace. That that's his name for sure. For no, sure. The Venom thing. Well, we'll really see. Got uh, like like all things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it seems like a weird casting decision for one thing, but 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 yeah. But over on the uh, over over on the DC side, we've got. Um, kind of a groundbreaker here wonder woman is coming out and uh like i did not see dawn of justice but i know that she uh, played a role perhaps a little small uh in that film but this is being uh heralded as the first uh female cast led uh, superhero movie honestly yeah and it, you know based on what i've seen from the trailers it looks uh very interesting it looks like it strikes a more hopeful um, tone than uh, mm-hmm. Dawn of Justice had, but even in uh, Dawn of Justice, Wonder Woman was like the hopeful character. She was sort of the shining star. You could tell that uh, she enjoyed the fight. She was, uh, you know, formidable and uh, exciting versus the other two uh, Batman and Superman kind of be like, oh, so my angst is so deep, you know? <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, that's kind of what those characters are about. Um, We'll see how it is. I hope DC can uh, 
change the the tide of their fortunes uh, in order to make that one a success. Because I've always really liked Wonder Woman ever since the old you know seventies Linda Carter show. <laughs> Cheesy as can be, I know, but uh, still quite quite fun. I thought. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it should be that that. Uh, I mean, uh, I could see you can have a serious movie that can still have a, a brighter tone. You know, I mean. That that really was the problem with Dawn of Justice. I think it is was the tone and the plotting were not good, but you can have uh, you can have a, a a serious save the world movie and not have it be like oh brooding and dark. You know, it's it's okay. It's okay. It's Wonder Woman. There should be a sense of sure right wonder. I know, right? She's, I hope they do with her what they should have done with Superman, and you know, you know, because she she's basically Superman. You know, she's supposed to be, you know, wholesome but awesome, and you know, not just in a big funk all the time. Right. So. Right. Right. I don't know, but 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 of course, all of this leads up to the Justice League, and Justice League's coming out this year too, right? Twenty seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I believe so, and that. Yeah, go sorry. It's still a Zack Snyder joint, but the trailers yeah. I've seen looks like they're trying to inject humor, which would be at least much needed uh into this. I I would really I I'm going to come right out and say that I've always been a, a as far as the comics go a DC fan over the over Marvel. Uh and so I would really like to see this movie succeed, especially since this is kind of what everything's been leading up to. It's it almost feels like, due to how their movies have been going, this is kind of the make-or-break thing to see if the franchise continues. And I, I would like to see it, it happen for them, certainly. Interesting to hear that it might be going a humorous route because, I, I, I don't know, that that could backfire or that could work out brilliantly. We'll see. Well, I think the thing about the Justice League movie that needs to happen is it needs to be completely self-contained. I think um, because, you know, sh- Batman is Batman. You don't need to tell him more about his backstory. They already did that with Batman versus Superman. It, uh, Superman is Superman. You should know who he is. But it really should be that somebody can walk into the theater and not have to have watched those movies. Um, they should be able to get extra context out of them. And that's something that the Marvel movies uh, have done well, even though even the ones that haven't done everything right, uh, they – are usually trying to be self-contained for the most part. And, and um, you know, you just get that extra context with it. But you just need to be able to walk into that movie and not having seen Suicide Squad, not having seen Batman versus Superman. You should just be able to, to get something out of it and have a good time. Right. And I'd hope we're getting to that point with these characters who are, you know... <laughs> Gee, man, they're coming up on like a century old here, you know, Superman and Batman and all that. It's they've been around for generations. So, and again, yes, we don't need to see Bruce Wayne's parents getting shot again or anything like that. You know, we've seen it a dozen times. Well, and I don't really think they would do that. I I just think more of um, the way Zack Snyder constructs things is that it's going to be like, well, if you didn't see. Uh, you know, this thing in the Wonder Woman movie, then you're not going to understand what that was. Or if you didn't see Batman versus Superman, you're not going to understand who that was. Or, or, you know, there's a difference between um, 
assuming that the audience can identify with a character and just like throwing a character in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to I hear you. You have to at least have, have something that, that you know tells you a little bit about it if you've got nothing but not like beat you over the head or or the other way where it's like, well, we're just going to throw this in here and whatever, you know. It's not a TV show. It's, yeah. Sure, it, it's not meant to be highly serialized where it definitely depends on you having seen. You know, I think Marvel did a fantastic job with that because, of course, the movies are very entertaining on their own. You can understand them, uh, but you, as the audience member, just feel pleased with yourself when you notice a little tidbit that uh, you would have seen in a, a previous installment. And you, you're just like, aha, I... I, I get some nerd cred here but i wouldn't have missed out on anything if i hadn't known that right right yeah for like even though there's a lot of uh things wrong with avengers age of ultron compared to the first movie there's still those moments where each of the main characters you know basically oh yeah hulk he smashes and he's also um you know bruce banner who's kind of afraid of being the hulk and and stuff like that you know you you get sort of what these characters are about in a in a little soundbite because you're you know, you're just you're doing it in a way that respects the audience's time and, and effort, and and you're also respecting new people. And I think that's something that DC um, will need to do for this to be successful. Right on. I mean, in the end, these are movies; they're supposed to be fun. Right. You should be able to eat popcorn, right, and have a good time. So that the, the, the these studios need to remember that. Okay, so let's talk about the uh, Fox. Marvel Universe. So, Fox, of course, uh, this year's movie is is Logan. Logan, yep, yep. Have you seen any trailers for this one? Uh, yes, I have. I've seen uh, two trailers now, and I have to say it looks to be a lot more serious than previous ones. Mm-hmm. Um, this one seems to bring the grit, and I think with... Uh, Wolverine with Logan, you can do that because <laughs> unlike Superman, here's a gritty guy. Well, yeah, but I mean, I, I think all of the uh, all of the X Men movies have sort of tried to keep a sense of humor uh, as much as they can. Sometimes to the other way, where it's too wacky. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, at you. least the the last Wolverine movie, the Wolverine, I thought was actually a pretty pretty good self-contained uh flick for the most part um and okay and this one seems to be uh going for more that route even even more though this is the old man wolverine storyline where it's sort of like uh you know his last adventures sure sure and i of course i i don't think it's uh assuming too much to say that this is probably the most beloved of the x-men uh, just from an iconic standpoint, uh, when you think of the X-Men, uh, people who don't even know much about the X-Men, Wolverine's always one of the first ones they name, if not the first. So it's interesting. I But I, I abandoned uh, this franchise kind of a long time, and I hate to say it, it was X3, the final stand or last stand or whatever the heck it was called. Just thought it was a bad movie. Didn't, didn't go on to watch any of the Origins movies. I did see much after the fact the uh first class i think it was x-men first class mm. was it yeah first class or wait, was wait, good. Which, 
What was the one with Peter Dinklage? Was that first class? Uh, no, that's um, X-Men Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past. I'm sorry. Yes, Days of Future Past. That was a fine movie. That basically ret- retcons all the stuff nobody liked about X- <laughs> X3. <laughs> and maybe that's why it was so great. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, they use time travel but, to retcon uh, yeah, stuff, I don't know. yes. <laughs> That's probably the cleanest way to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and I think the way that this uh, this looks like it's going, it's uh, obviously you know Wolverine as a as a character, um, he does have grit, but he also has wit and and warmth and things that um, Hugh Jackman has always been able to deliver with that character. Uh, whether or not the movies uh, were well constructed and stuff is is a different thing. I mean, everybody remembers the travesty that X Men Origins Wolverine was, but mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes actors are victims of circumstance, but I agree. Every time I've seen him um, in that role, he's he's really brought it. You know, uh, multi dimensional, deep uh, character. Yes, and if Ryan Reynolds can come back as Deadpool, I believe that uh, for this third and final round of him as Wolverine, an old aging Wolverine uh, that ends up taking care of a girl and, I guess, chauffeuring uh, an aging Professor X around, um, this should be a very interesting story. Yeah, yeah. I will probably see it. Can't wait to, to see how it differs from the other films in the series. So, uh, Star Wars, they recently uh, announced the name of the next Star Wars film, which is... The Last Jedi. Oh! Really? The Last Jedi? Come on. They're always saying things like that. Return of the Jedi. They've always been around. Come on. Well, I mean... No, but The Last Jedi is a good... You know, it's better than Attack of the Clones. And it, 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 it <laughs> as far as names go, yes, it lends an air of mystery to things too. Because, like everybody else on the internet has pointed out, uh, Jedi is both singular and plural. So um, they could be talking about the Last Jedi, as in Luke Skywalker, and yes, that's true. Uh, Daisy Ridley's uh, Ray, or they could be sure. talking about just Luke Skywalker. I guess we're going to find out this year. I'm surprised to see that. I didn't think this movie was coming out only two years after the last um, episode uh, of Star Wars. Well, I mean, that's their strategy I, is uh, I thought, every other. Now, the so this year will be this one, and then next year will be the Han Solo movie, and then the year after that is the finish the new trilogy. That's fantastic, if you ask me, because uh, I was, you know, all hunkered down for another three-year wait between the uh, the main films. So this this was welcome news to me, certainly. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited for this movie. Obviously, being the lifelong Star Wars fan, um, for a couple of reasons. First of all, uh, Mark Hamill's probably going to get some lines in this movie, don't you think? Oh yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, I, I, I heard an interview with him um, talking about how he got himself um, back into, like, fighting shape because for Episode uh, 7, The Force, Force Awakens, he really didn't know what he would be doing. And, you know, when he got the script, he's like, oh, I guess I didn't have to get myself into this, this shape. Um, 
because they basically threw a bunch of robes <laughs> yeah, on like, him y- and make make it look like he's yeah, hanging around wearing bulky robes. Yeah, so it, it wouldn't matter anyway. But um, I'm kind of hoping that they they saw what he did and and um, you know even though he had a beard and stuff like that, you know, uh, well Obi Wan uh, had a beard and was older and and stuff like that, uh, at least in the third of the prequel trilogy and uh you know he could still kick some ass so um i'm hoping that the that mark hamill gets to actually do some cool shit (laughs) yeah for sure no that's kind of the jedi thing is to grow a big beard and you know look unassuming i suppose hey man uh alec guinness was kind of being awesome at least in episode four so jedis can still rock it at a very advanced age yeah and, and i mean with uh you know how much Harrison Ford was running around and stuff in the in the last movie? Uh, we can expect a little bit more out of a Jedi, I think. And Mark Hamill's a yeah. bit younger, so yeah, yeah. So that's going to be really super cool to see a return of old whiny Luke. He seems to be a little more stoic in his old age. Yeah, I, I'm predicting that he's not as whiny, and I'm predicting he's definitely uh, moved on. The question I have is, will he be? Um, palling around with all the force ghosts i mean are we gonna see yeah they just hang out yeah. all the time yeah are we gonna see uh yoda and obi-wan and stuff again just kind of chilling you know um ever since uh rogue one which we've already talked about and spoiled um did some of the uh, cgi recreations of individuals i don't see why that couldn't happen and as ghosts they would look even more convincing i think Especially Yoda, since we're so used to seeing him in CG anyway. Except not old Yoda, I suppose. Right. Um, and, and will we see um, older Anakin? And if we see older Anakin, will older Anakin be the older Anakin that we saw in the original cut of Return of the Jedi? Oh, man. Well, considering I didn't even think about this question before you brought it up, th- that is just something to ponder. Yeah, otherwise Hayden Christensen certainly is alive, so... Uh, yeah, well, he is. <laughs> I, I don't expect that <laughs> I, um, they did that, but, um, you know... Uh, despite the fact that, that Disney did not decanonize the prequels, I feel like they are still going to distance themselves from them as much as possible. Well, I mean, they did so, call in, they did call in um, uh, young Obi-Wan, Ewan McGregor, to uh, do some lines for the the Force Awakens, so they did. And now that you mentioned it, Bail Organa, uh, Princess Leia's adoptive father, was the same actor who played him in Episode, you know, one, two, three. So yeah, I feel like they're cherry picking things to some that extent. people liked from that. <laughs> no, nobody faults you, right? In the yeah, we're not likely to see Jar Jar. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> the other, um, the other. Th- thing that I'm very interested in this movie about is, of course, um, Carrie Fisher uh, plays Princess Leia in a rather, I, I think I heard, uh, involved role. And, of course, we know that she passed away very recently. So I think everybody will be watching her scenes with a bit of a lump in their throats. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I hope that this is cut because i know the film was finished editing a a while ago um i hope that it was cut in such a way that um whatever they do with her character for episode nine is 
easy to do in a respectful way that that honors like the wishes she probably had already laid out for if something happens. I mean, all of the actors from the original trilogy are of the age where they probably have some sort of a backup plan. You know, not that they're they expected this thing. I mean, Carrie Fisher's uh, obviously no um, wasn't was unexpected, um, but uh, mm-hmm. you know these things happen, and I'm I'm sure um, being any artist uh, at an advanced age, they have to take contingencies for uh, for these beloved characters. Well, I know that I had read that her role was supposed to be even more um, involved in the third film of this new trilogy, and they have since come out and said that they're going to have to rethink that up, that they're not going to be, you know, recreating her like they did in the final couple of seconds of Rogue One. They're just going to have to go in a different direction, basically. Yeah, so uh, I guess uh, Leia is no longer queen of the galaxy at the end of uh, episode nine. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. Nope. (laughs) Yeah, they had to change that. They cut all the gold bikini scenes and everything. Oh, jeez. Back to the the drawing board. Oh, boy. (laughs) So obviously, I, I believe I said it in our last episode... Star Wars uh, coming back under Disney's leadership has just been a wonderful thing. Um, They're doing great work with it now. I'm not skeptical at all that they can put out yet another fantastic film for this coming December. I believe it's it's airing in. Yeah, and I think think we're going to see something very different from Star Wars than we did um, sort of like Rogue One. Rogue One went very different. I I think with this new trilogy, obviously it'll be... Uh, more along the family-friendly line that, um, uh, you know, Episode 7 did. But I think uh, Episode 7 was sort of a return to form, and then I think this is where the story of Ray and Finn and Poe really, you know, expands into different territory. It's not just going to be Empire. I really don't think they're going to kill Luke again because that would just be like, oh, yep, that's easy. Boom, you know. His other hand. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to have two two fake hands. No, uh, not again. We're going to take all of his limbs and he'll be called Stubbs Skywalker. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Stubbs Skywalker. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And that would be going in a different direction, too, in its own way. Yes. So I agree. I think, however, you know, we've... Star Wars going in a different direction isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's good that they're... They, they dare to break new ground with an old, uh, classic, beloved property. You know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of con- uh, continuations of movies, as we mentioned at the beginning of of our show. Uh, properties that we've seen before and will see again, I'm sure. Um, there's a new King Kong movie coming out. I never saw the Peter Jackson one, but this one looks, uh, it, it, well, it looks like a reboot a little bit, I suppose. King Kong is just one of those things that uh, people are always uh, at least willing to, to look at the trailer and, and maybe give it a chance. I don't know if I have any particularly high expectations for it. I, I really don't have the love for it in my heart as much as... Uh, some of the other things on this list, so. <laughs> well, I know this. This is, comes from the team that gave us the the new 
Godzilla, the latest Godzilla movie, is that right? The uh, the Brian Cranston one, one? That, that he the Brian Cranston yeah. one, the one that was kind of more true to the the you know kaiju uh, genre as opposed to the mutated iguana that Matthew Broderick had to deal with. <laughs> yes. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was terrible. So anything's going to look good after that, and I have to. I don't. I don't believe Peter Jackson's King Kong was terribly successful. So I have to imagine that that uh, they've got small shoes to fill with this one. What I remember most about Peter Jackson's King Kong is the video game Peter Jackson's King Kong that got you one thousand Xbox Live <laughs> points for turning it on. <laughs> so hey, that's an incentive, and then everybody switched it back off immediately. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> I- uh, it was on the demo disc. I remember that uh, when I when I used to work at a Target <laughs> on the Xbox 360 oh. for far too long. <laughs> Dang, yeah, jeez. But huh? Well, that's that's an interesting little memory there. Let's go through some. some uh, let's go through some uh, movies that are coming out in the near term. How about um, Fifty Shades? <laughs> Fifty Shades, yeah, that's what we were all clamoring for. Yeah, uh, a little more of that. That's actually out this week. Uh, uh, Pete not. and I are recording, and we haven't seen the first one. Won't be talking about it or this one. No, and it's not likely to make much of a pop cultural impact. Um, I know that the books were very popular one summer because all of the ladies at work were talking loudly about it, making me feel uncomfortable. But uh, this too shall pass. Yeah, <laughs> basically. I think basically. It, unlike Harry Potter, the the field is not evergreen here. <laughs> no, no, it is not. No, they're 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 on different playing fields. That's for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we're 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 getting um, interestingly, we're getting another Alien movie this year. Uh huh. Um, and the wh- how how long ago did that latest one come out? Well, if you count Prometheus uh, as an Alien movie, it's sort of being now officially folded in as this is a sequel to Prometheus. And also I think Alien, we have to. Uh, the Alien trilogy, or prequel, prequel, prequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have been, what, five years ago-ish? Yeah, I think so, something like that. So it's kind of a sequel to a reboot or a, a different imagining, I guess, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of the series. So I don't know. I was never super into Alien myself, but I'm sure plenty of our listeners are, are fans. Yeah, I really liked... Uh... I like the original trilogy as much as crap as people give Alien 3. I thought they were uh, all three were pretty good. Um, different directors, uh, different takes on the same ideas, and that's kind of uh, you know where the cool parts come from with the same character, uh, Ellen Ripley, throughout the trilogy. So, sure, sure. Well, and the the what are they called? Xenomorphs? Is that what the aliens are called? Mm-hmm. The they kind of lend themselves well to just existing in a you know a universe a, an aliens predator universe uh, and just kind of showing up in different stories and that kind of thing. So I don't see why they couldn't you know move on to this new series and and uh, still be the same scary horror beasts that they've always been and, and be just as successful at that. So on the non-sci-fi front, uh, sci-fi-ish, um, of course, this same week we're recording, uh, John Wick actually just came out, Chapter 2. Um, 
so far. Uh, I think that one's going to do really awesome. Yeah, that movie surprised me in that it was a Keanu Reeves movie where he convinced me that he was somebody other than Keanu Reeves. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was uh, I was watching the first one, and I was just surprised at how how tight of a movie that is. And from what I understand, uh, the second one uh, follows suit, and it just picks up right where the first one left off. I am very looking forward nice. to it. Nice. Doesn't waste any time. Or bullets. Yeah, this, that movie was pretty sweet. More bullets, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Are they in bullet time though? No, no. Uh, it does promise no, us the we'll reunion of Keanu Reeves and Lawrence Fishburne. Um, although I'm trying to not oh, spoil nice. myself at all, I'm I'm hoping that they fight. But uh, you know, uh, Lawrence Fishburne is uh, quite a bit older than Keanu, so uh, we don't know. And and quite a bit older than he was uh, 10 years ago, or, well, more than 10 years ago when those uh, Matrix movies last were out, certainly. That'll be a fun one to watch, I think. Uh, it, it Does it have a lot of some substance? Probably not. It's just a straight-up revenge film in which he gets revenge on everybody who ever, you know, knew... The person who killed his dog, basically. Well, so. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the first one. The second one, really, the premise is is more of um, he's just trying to get out of the life and, uh, you know, the assassin's life. And there's there's things that are pulling him back in. And, you know, he John Wick just wants to go hang out with his dog and, and retire. And, well, they just won't let him. That's kind of what the premise of the second one is. Sure. So he was out of he was out of the game in the beginning, and then he came back. And he left again. You know, he, sometimes you just got to do what you love, right? Or, or what, what you're good at. Good at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. What he loves is hanging out with his dog. What he's good at is just killing movies full of people. <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> oh. Basically, much much to my delight, um, even though I'm no longer in middle school. Uh, I'm just kidding, by the way. There's another Fast and Furious movie coming out. I think they're doing one a year now. Uh, what is this now, 10 or 9 or something like that? Yeah, if you, I haven't seen a Fast and Furious movie since Tokyo Drift. I haven't seen a Fast and Furious movie. Honestly, I have never seen one. Uh, that is a gaping hole. You didn't see hole. the first one? Uh, no, yep, it is a gaping hole. Oh, man. Hole in my, well, and the, and the thing is, I just never... It's like eh, the street racing thing. It never got to me, and then it slowly morphed into something else, you know. And as I watched, I'm like, eh, okay, it looks pretty goofy. Oh man, yeah. So that movie that movie came out while we were in college, and I'm sure they played it on our like dorm channel all the time. And that movie inspired me to drive way too fast. Uh, and perhaps when furiously? it first came out, obviously. <laughs> well, <laughs> I thought I was furious, but I was probably just constipated. I I don't know. It, it was cool. It was very cool. Um, immediately following that, Fast and Furious 2 was terrible. And then somebody recommended Tokyo Drift, and I was like, thanks for wasting my time, buddy. And obviously there have been nine more films, and it's just like, no. Every time you see a trailer for the movie, it's like they hired... Uh, they hired some middle school kid to come up with the most ridiculous action sequence he could think of, and then they filmed it. There you go. I, I, I'm still waiting for them to just come up with an, a movie called More Faster and More Furiouser. <laughs> it's coming. It'll probably be like 
like uh, Dumb and Dumber 2, though, they'll wait like 20 years and they'll all come back and it'll be really sad. <laughs> to be fair, it's sad now. <laughs> At um, least it's kind of tongue-in-cheek now. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, I, I think it's self-aware now that it's it's just going for ridiculousness. It's like, how? What? yeah, this is why... <laughs> I, I've Ludicrous seen pieces speed. of it. I've seen pieces of it. I mean, I, I the other day I turned on the TV and Fast and Furious 6 was on. And it's just like, okay, I'll just watch this while I'm doing what I'm doing. And then, you know, I, I felt like I could walk away and it's still okay. You know, because <laughs> I just mm-hmm. saw some crazy shit. Walk, <laughs> walk away in the middle of an action sequence, come back, there's another action sequence. Right, exactly. They all run together. It's got to be better than Transformers. Right. It's got to be. So, and speaking of, there's a, I don't know. <laughs> there's a new Transformers movie coming out this year, Transformers The Last Night. Yes, they're still making those. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> um, I didn't even like the first one, honestly. And uh, uh, by that point, there was something about large cars turning into robots so that Shia LaBeouf could do whatever was, uh, didn't appeal to me. And this was the before. same way that the G.I. Joe movie w- just screamed at me, do not watch me. This was kind of the same thing. See, I, I liked the first Transformers movie, and Shia LaBeouf was like a kind of a nobody then. This was before Indiana Jones and the Crystal right. Skull um, in that first movie. Oh, jeez. Mo- uh, but I actually thought, okay, okay, if this is a one-off, I figured it was going to be a one-off. Um, then let's uh, <laughs> let's have a fun Transformers movie. And I figured as a standalone, it wasn't awful, you know. But then it became unfortunately, awful. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, anything that even makes the studio catch a scent of money, it's never going to be a one-off. They're gonna they're gonna keep it going. They'll try to do at least one more. Yeah. Whether they have an idea or not. And um, um, Michael Bay really likes making them for whatever reason. So a pretty high profile uh, continuation this year is Pirates of the Caribbean, a wonderful series that debuted 13 years ago, I think, and they've <laughs> decided to put out the fifth installment of it. I haven't seen the fourth installment. I kind of plan on skipping this one. Yeah, you know the fourth one was terrible. Uh, I don't want to say terrible. It just it it was unnecessary. It didn't need to happen. Uh, quite frankly, Black Pearl, the first one, would have been a fantastic standalone. Uh, before Johnny Depp got even Johnny Deppier, and <laughs> the movies just became about that essentially. And apparently, his dad is Keith Richards. It's it's gotten ridiculous. So. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that another one is coming out, and I will be skipping it. <laughs> All right, I think I think it's time to uh, slingshot some of the last couple here. Uh, we've got Cars. Mm-hmm. Certainly is a movie. Meh. <laughs> uh, yep, it is. We're getting another Planet of the Apes movie, interestingly. Well, some people uh, like those um I uh, I still haven't seen them, so... Nope. I saw the Tim Burton one that was kind of on the goofy side, and I was like, no. Yeah. 
Uh, we're getting yeah. Beauty and the Beast, which uh, looks like a shot-for-shot remake of Beauty and the Beast, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because that was a good movie. But live action, of course. It was. This is a live action? Live action Beauty and the Beast? Uh, yeah, all the trailers uh, have looked very well uh, well constructed, and the songs sound pretty good and everything like that, too. So <laughs> there's a Power Rangers movie coming up very soon. That's right. Uh, Brian Cranston is in that, um, among others, of course. Which, um, which is funny because he was uh, played a bad guy on one of the original Power Rangers episodes. One of the guys in the suits just doing voiceover, of course. <laughs> oh, right on, of course. Nice, nice. I think somebody uh, issued a challenge for us to do that movie on this show. Yeah, we'll have to, to see. Um, I got to talk to some people about that because I know there's some people that have an interest in talking about Power Rangers possibly so we'll see <laughs> heck yeah uh there's ghost i in enjoyed the shell. it you know oh there is a ghost in the shell movie coming out the live action with scarlett johansson yep oh interesting i hadn't even heard about that yeah there's a lot of controversy about um uh, well it's called whitewashing casting um white actors where there should be asians but um from what mm, yeah i've read about some of these things there's uh they're, they're trying to justify it, and I'm not quite sure what's going on. It certainly looks interesting, um, very, very faithful to the source as far as the look and feel of the trailers so far. Okay, okay. Well, willing to give it a chance then. 2017's getting rounded out with a lot of reboots. Uh, just to go name them quickly, uh, Blade Runner's getting a reboot. Baywatch, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Zac Efron. I saw uh, uh, something for that. It's supposed to be a comedy, I think. It's supposed to be. <laughs> uh, we got, yeah, right. We got Tom Cruise taking over The Mummy. Yeah, that's weird. It is weird. Then again, I'm sure they can't get Brendan Fraser to do it again, or Fraser... I, nobody's seen him in a long time. At least I haven't. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, maybe nothing. Uh, we already mentioned the, the uh, Spider-Man's getting a third reboot. And uh, here's one that kind of threw me off. King Arthur, it's a Guy Ritchie film. King Arthur, uh, perhaps his follow-up to the Sherlock films. Uh, Sherlock Holmes with uh, Robert Downey Jr. I assume he's too busy to do those anymore. So this is his next joint yeah, there's a there's a Jumanji reboot. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that has really? the rock. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Uh there's a Chips reboot. Chips, man. They're they're reaching a little bit. Other reboots. Um not a ton, really. No. Less than I thought. Maybe they're starting to move away from that, and they're just going to going on to continuing the things that they've rebooted within the last ten years. <laughs> um, so, all right. Anyway, well, we'll, we've named an awful lot of movies. Yes, we've talked for about- 2017. So, yes, if you if you enjoy films, you, you'll have plenty to go see this year. All right, let's talk about TV shows. TV shows branching out into new territory here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, there's, there's definitely, um, uh, interesting phenomenon, I think, is, uh, 
of course, the DC and Marvel, again, not satisfied to keep to their movies. Uh, We're getting a lot of new properties or continuations of successful properties from the other, uh, from the two studios, and the roles are kind of, I don't want to say reversed here, but I feel like in this case, DC's got a little more establishment in the TV realm uh, than Marvel does. Uh, but Marvel's showing showing their their stuff with what they're putting out too. Well, yeah, they've they've got their their Netflix Marvel universe, of course, with um, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Daredevil, and Iron Fist. Um, yep, they'll be coming together as the Defenders, but I don't think that's this year. I think that's twenty eighteen. Okay, this year is all about establishing Iron Fist uh with the the green and yellow kung fu guy is that who that is? Yeah, mhm. Mhm. And then mm-hmm. cuz we already had Luke Cage. We do. Yep. We do have Luke Cage. It all started with Daredevil in that particular vein. Yep, yep. And then uh we've also got Agents of Shield continuing on along with an Inhumans TV series coming uh at the beginning of the uh 2017 fall season. Fantastic! I I really like Agents of Shield. That's a great show. It's got a budget somewhere between a TV show and a movie. Yeah, and they don't always hit it out of the park, but it seems like they do their best stuff when they um, find a way to tie it into the events of the greater Marvel universe. Right. Yeah, I think that's Marvel's biggest strength, and it it pretty much becomes their their trump card. Uh, the more and more they expand their own universe, universe, which is already, of course, quite expansive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, we've also got, uh, of course, a, a new season of Game of Thrones that's going to start pretty late. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, and this is the last season of Game of Thrones, right? Nope, nope, nope. There's one more after this. Is There are two oh, seven-episode really? okay. seasons, yep, for a total of 14 more episodes. <sighs> Game of Thrones, I tell you. Uh, not that it should ever be a spoiler, uh, but I just had a, a character's death spoiled for me before I had seen the last season, and I have not seen that season yet. And it made me mad, but I should figure everybody's going to die sooner or later. This is Game of Thrones, right? Nobody <laughs> yeah. lives. Why get bitter? Right. It looks like we'll also have a returning season of Westworld uh, next year, this year. Yep. Interesting show. Yeah, I have not yet seen uh, I it. I saw one episode. But I am very... I saw one episode of it. It was very engaging. I, I would watch more if I had HBO. I do not. Yeah, I'll probably get HBO and watch Westworld uh, about the time that we're starting uh, Game of Thrones, the, the new season. That's usually kind of my tradition, so... Mm-hmm. Right on. Uh, Stranger Things, I don't know if it was a surprise hit, but it was a hit. The uh, 80s nostalgia sci-fi uh, kid adventure show that came out last summer yep and we just got off a big uh, which, Super Bowl which i got halfway that, through so yeah looks interesting yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that'll be fun it was a fun show i didn't finish it for whatever reason probably because i'm trying to watch ten thousand things at once and i have a, a short attention span but definitely looked very cool a lot of people like that one a lot we've got uh, a new star trek series coming out star trek yeah Discovery. That, that was the big surpriser yeah as I was researching for this episode, ah. new and it looks like it is again uh, a prequel to the original series. Yeah, it's pr- post Enterprise, pre-original series. 
Right, right. But yeah, this is uh, that's interesting considering I think a lot of people weren't totally in love with Enterprise. I thought it was a pretty good show. Uh, of course, I haven't seen the final season when I think a lot of the criticisms uh, are aimed at. But um, interesting that they would go with a prequel again instead of um, uh, trying to, to step away from that particular what could be considered a failed strategy. Uh, but yeah, interesting. First Star Trek series uh, since that was canceled, uh, Enterprise was canceled in 2005, 12 years ago. Yeah, I really feel like they should, uh, honestly, they should go you know, post-next-gen. Yeah, you know, it, it bring us back to familiar territory because, um, I don't know, I, I feel like the, the prequel strategy of the last decade uh, kind of felt like a disappointment to a lot of people. Uh, not everybody loves, you know, exploring an origin story uh, when we've already seen what comes after. Right, right. Uh, I kind of like the idea of uh, of going, you know, to the to the Mass Effect style thing. I mean, this is getting into video games, but you know, Star Trek has never really. Um, they've only explored the four quadrants of the Milky Way galaxy, and there's a lot of stuff there. Obviously, with all the aliens and stuff that you get in Star Trek, but you know, if they if they wanna go crazy, there's a whole universe waiting to happen, you know? That is true. I guess they're trying to remain scientific to the limitations of, uh, well, screw it. They got warp and stuff like that. They can do whatever they want. Right. Exactly. They should just invent super warp. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or exactly. wormholes, man. Wormholes figure prominently into Star Trek. Why couldn't one lead, you know, elsewhere? Yeah, I think my favorite, one of my favorite series is definitely... Um, Deep Space Nine, that's what I was the name I was looking for. Just yep. Deep Space Nine, the wormhole of the Gamma Quadrant. Yeah, yeah. I thought there's a lot of interesting stories to tell uh a start in a Star Trek that doesn't take place on a ship. Man, that was that was good. Yeah, that was a that was an interesting formula. Of course they had to add a ship later in the show because they're like, they never go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> they <laughs> should do something. That's true. <laughs> it's like, okay, let's add a ship. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll admit that uh, Voyager was was eh, it's right up there with Next Generation, but I really liked Voyager. Just the whole um, constantly on the go um, things, you know, would would change ever so slightly as they moved through space because, of course, they're trying to get from the far flung reaches of the galaxy to get back home, and so they pass through all these different spheres of influence and stuff like that. Plus, Janeway's a badass. Yeah, and and just like uh, so, just like the Next Generation, um, you know, the first couple seasons, it took them a while to get their stride, uh, and then you know you start really getting good stories uh, after you know they're a couple seasons in and they've figured out the formula and they've got. Let's be honest, uh, 7 and 9 was a good addition to, um, especially with the dynamic between the Doctor and 7, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. But. Uh, yeah, I agree. No, no, no. She was she was more than just fan service. Mm -hmm. uh, she was, she added a really awesome element to the show. And that, of course, coincided with the fact that the show became very Borg heavy and Borgs are always a fan favorite. Borgs? Did I say Borgs? Yeah. The Borg are always a fan favorite. Let's pluralize that correctly. Yeah. Um, but we don't... So, I don't know. I, I'm I'm really excited. Sorry. Go, go for the new series? Yeah, I'm just really excited to see Star Trek out there again because I kind of felt like it was dead um, or just moving to a different medium and that would be the... the um, uh, jj abrams 
uh, movies. Which, don't get me wrong. Or, or I, lead I, movies. I, I don't really think those are awful. Um, I think the first one was really the best of them so far. I haven't... Mm-hmm. I, I guess I haven't seen the third one. But um, of the two that I saw, the, the first one really felt like, uh, you know, this is Star Trek for, uh, uh, you know, a new time. But I think there's... People are, because of the way that TV is going, willing to become more introspective and go into that sort of Star Trek territory as all these other series that are proving that, uh, you know, have deeper thought. Um, the the thing that I think really challenges uh, Star Trek Discovery's success is the ability to reach its audience via CBS's streaming platform, which nobody has as far as I know. I don't know anybody with that. Right, yeah, I was surprised to see that. Yeah, I know they're going to do the premiere episode on CBS, which will be like a two-hour you know, series premiere. That's great. They're going to try to get people to get you know this as their way into that CBS service. But I just don't know if, I mean, I have a subscription to Netflix and a subscription to HBO and a subscription to Amazon Prime. And um, do I really want to add another one? You know, it's... Or am I going to save my money and just get my NFL subscription next year? <laughs> not me Knowing personally, not. But yes, but, <laughs> but that's. I think that's the question we all have to ask. That we'll all be asking ourselves as um, everybody wants to put out their own streaming service. Is you know, do I need twenty of these things? And now I'm paying the same as I was with a cable bill that you know couldn't wait to get rid of. Right, and that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. If it's a failure, will it be a failure of the show, Star Trek as a property, or is it a failure of the streaming service? I hope I hope that CBS is taking that into consideration when they, you know, if they see it floundering, but it's still like a highly critically acclaimed show that they figure out what to do with it. They should really consider farming it out to something like Hulu. You know, even if it's late or, you know, uh, uh, finished seasons to Netflix as often happens, because if they keep it behind lock and key on what is a, a totally obscure streaming service, it's they're kind of dooming it right out of the gate, which is a sad prophecy. But, you know, hopefully they have people sitting at their table who are willing to be flexible uh, just to get the show seen and to get an audience. Yeah, it, it will be interesting. I'll definitely yeah, watch the pilot for sure. for sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm I'm excited even though it, it might have a couple of cards stacked against it. So that's that's movies and shows for twenty seventeen. At least the stuff uh, we're interested obviously, in. <laughs> yeah, the stuff we're into, oh, and I'm sure maybe there's another season of Grey's Anatomy or something like that. <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> Well, I, I'm pandering to myself with this episode, basically. Yeah, I guess I guess I did forget to mention uh, another season of Better Call Saul, which has been uh, really, really, really oh, good yeah. if you're a fan of Breaking Bad. Um, it's obviously the same creative team, but it's some it's a different mm-hmm. flavor, uh, a lot more legal drama and the early dealings of uh, what who would become Saul Goodman. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what, what's his name? Uh, the actor Jim, Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk as Jimmy McGill. So yeah, and, Jimmy McGill, Slippin' Jimmy. Yep. And yeah, it, no, uh, that that actor is, is really quite hilarious. He brings it for the role. You know, he can do serious. He can, you know, 
he can add gravitas to hilariousness. <laughs> uh, he's just very good in in that role, and I enjoyed it very much. If you thought that he was funny in Breaking Bad, you'll love the show. Yeah, and if you were really into the character of Mike Ermintrout, which is sort of the uh, the secondary storyline, um, you know, what's that actor's name? Um, I don't know. I always just call him Mike Ermintrout when I see him. Didn't we review a movie that he was in? I felt like we did. Yeah. Um, we're just going to keep this embarrassment in because we're awful, awful at our jobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he yeah he's played by Jonathan Banks, which he kept popping up in other movies okay. that we did. Yes, so <laughs> yeah, well, but yes, he is very. good. That was the whole fun thing about watching old movies is that you'd see somebody from TV now or, or or whatever, and you'd be like, "Holy crap, that person did something else besides whatever." And like I said, we will be getting back to old movies, The Godfather for March. But absolutely. <laughs> But uh, but yes, that's pretty much us talking about our our TV and uh, movie interests for 2017. Yes, otherwise known as my goals for this year. <laughs> Watch all of this stuff. Well, maybe half of it. <laughs> you know what? Another one of my goals for 2017 is what's that? Hit up. Hit up GeeklyCon in St. Louis in July. Well, that's one of my goals, too. Really? Well, I might see you there. Yeah. Um, I've been to two out of the three GeeklyCons so far, and uh, they're always a blast. And we're both planning on going. Um, we have applied to do uh, a potential live panel show. So um, we'll see if we make it, if we make the cut. Uh, and we'll definitely announce it on here, and it would definitely be an episode That's we right. record if uh, if possible, unless there's some other technical difficulties and reasons we can't. And if uh, and if it just doesn't work out, we will still be there live, <laughs> uh, walking around, uh, rubbing elbows and stuff like that. So yeah, signing if, a- if autographs if you're so inclined. <laughs> I don't know if you. That's right. If you'd Maybe. like to see us, uh, we can wisecrack ad lib for you or something like that. Yeah, if you'd like to see us draw a cow poorly, we'll just point you at uh, Alex Cater instead. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> Who right. You can draw one well. You can see our first draft. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. so yeah, and obviously we think you should be going there too. It's lots of fun. That's right. We should uh, again show notes. Show them how to get there. Uh, well, you can go to geeklycon.com. That's G-E-E-K-L-Y-C-O-N.com. Uh, and buy your tickets there. Uh, they're still on sale. I We're not affiliated with them or anything. We just uh, um, know a lot of cool people there. We like them. And you've heard many of their vocal talents uh, grace this very show. So... Um, we owe a lot to their their pool of associates. Yes, yes, we do. So, mm-hmm. I think that's uh, that's our show for this month. For sure, good to good to just get it all out there. You know, not necessarily have uh, too much of a topic, but uh, to just talk about the year that we can expect. Yes, yes. So remember, uh, 
for the March episode, we'll be talking about The Godfather. I would say we're probably going to be talking about at least The Godfather 1 and 2. Uh, yeah. so, Is that the, that the one with the horse's head? Yes, that's the one. Okay, thank, okay. I always get Godfather and Scarface mixed up, but anyway. Yeah, so... Um, you know, if you if you want to go back to it, go back and watch the first two Godfather movies. Uh, if we end up uh, maybe talking about three, uh, we'll we'll be probably tweeting it out on on our Twitter feed saying uh, what we're talking about. But uh, at least generally, the most highly regarded of the series is the first two. So, um, yeah, uh, Pete, do you have anything else? No, just looking forward to seeing you all next time for that episode and uh, enjoying a new movie that I have not seen. With that, you can find us on Twitter. We are at Sacred Cows Pod. Uh, we'd love to read your tweets there and get your feedback. If you have any suggestions for uh, topics, uh, movies, television, old, new, um, somewhere in between. We'd be happy to field them there, or otherwise just give us a shout, and we will answer. That's right. Ask us anything, anytime, uh, or just drop us a line. And we've also got a place for your more long-form inquiries, or if you've got a list of things you'd like to give us, or or just generally uh, give us a gushing review. Uh, that, would be, <laughs> that would be the... The Where re- was he going with that? I, I was trying not to make it dirty. <laughs> um, but Well, the long pause made it worse. Yeah, 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 well. <laughs> uh, so we've got, we've got uh, two places to do that. First place, obviously, we love your iTunes reviews. Uh, five stars is, is the most appreciated. It really helps us find there. So give us the five stars. And, you know, if you, if you want to tell us things we can improve on in the text, that's the place to do it. But getting the word out, the five-star reviews, awesome. Second place, we will always accept your emails at sacredcows at heroofthewebcom And we use that as another way to sort of get topics going or if people have corrections to send, Sean Faust, um, things like that. So, <laughs> so yeah, uh, we would we love... We love your corrections. Yes. <laughs> so... Uh, With that, this is Mike signing off. This is Pete saying happy watching. Good night, everybody. Get out of here. You're just the announcer. Sacred Cows Tonight is a production of Sacred Cows Tonight. Executive producers Mike Urban and Pete B. Sketch portions of this episode were written, edited, and produced by Pete B. Main portions are edited by Mike Urban. Want to contribute your sketch to Sacred Cows tonight? Email us your script or proposal to sacredcows at heroofthewebcom That's sacredcows at heroofthewebcom <laughs>